1: No purchase necessary, boy, were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Log Talk Radio. Happy
0: Thursday, everyone, and after a week off for the 4th of July, welcome back to Taking You... Well, not Taking You to School. That's my other show, Catching Up with Bob LaBelle. We got new themes wow, in both show shows.
1: Wow. Yeah, it's a bad start, is. right, Bob? <laughs> well, it's not a bad start. It's just an informative start. I mean, it's a cheap way to get publicity for your other show. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, anyway, Taking You to School comes on Sundays. This is Thursday. I'm with Bob LaBelle, legendary sports caster from Boston. About? That show What's is that about show? basketball. Basketball.
1: Take it to school. So, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. We, we we learn
0: you we learn you a little something. uh Thank you for spending well, your lunch break with us. You know, <laughs> I know you're
1: I know you're a huge basketball fan. So this is good. I I could care less about the NBA, and you could care a lot about it. So it's a good match.
0: It you know it, it really is, and we, we touch on a lot of college basketball too. I'm more of a college basketball guy, but I you know I got some. I got some buddies with me that uh, that love the NBA. I'm I'm a casual NBA fan. I know you're well, you're you know a little what? tired of the NBA. I am, I, I
1: am, uh, I am like a huge fan of what the Celtics have done. I mean, I'm not in terms of rebuilding. And the problem with the college game is that it's like one and done. But I guess yeah. I guess you're the one I ought to ask about Brad Stevens. I think that's a genius move.
0: Yeah, and, you know, uh, I went to college out in Indiana. I went to Purdue, so I got to kind of watch uh, a little bit of the development of that Butler program under him. And, man, the guy is just a a sharp basketball mind, not just uh, from a tactical standpoint. He's one of the best tactical coaches uh, in college basketball. He's really one of these uh, new-age kind of stat nuts and he, he coaches his players based on what their highest probability is in certain situations. He uses a lot of advanced statistics and metrics and things like that. But also the guy's just got a great eye for talent. You know, he found people like Gordon Hayward, who, you know, who's an NBA player right now. The guy was unrecruited out of Indiana. So, you know, maybe he's the kind of guy, who knows how that will translate to the NBA level, but maybe he's the kind of guy that can find a second-round player that, that could develop into a contributor or a late first-round pick. You know, they're going to have a lot I'm of not- these late first-round picks.
1: What about Olenek, about this kid? How about, uh, maybe I'm not pronouncing his name right.
0: Um, no, you got it. Olenek? Olenek,
1: a draft. He looks, it's hard to believe he's seven feet tall. Yeah. Wow.
0: yeah, he's, you know, he's an interesting prospect. Uh, big I guy, pretty athletic, him. pretty skilled, but uh, the, the knock on him was he didn't play against great competition because he was always playing at Gonzaga and, you know, maybe there was a, a slight knock on him for being a little soft, kind of like Tyler Zeller, who came out of Indiana. But for what the Celtics need, you know, they don't need – they're not going to be good right away. In fact, it, it almost would be to their detriment to be pretty good right away. They all, they kind of want to tank and get an early pick in this loaded draft coming up. So Lennox a guy with a lot of skill, a lot of upside, that probably will take a little bit of time to develop. But uh, for what they need right now, it's probably not a bad thing. Right, I No, not a bad thing. But I
1: can't – the whole tanking thing is just—it's not okay. You know, I, that's the no. problem with the NBA. You have to tank in order to to rank, and it's un—it's <laughs> it's, un—it's not competitive. I mean, yeah. it's just there's a flaw. That's why, it's, that's why the NBA is such a flawed league. Uh, well, it's one yeah. reason. The other reason it's built on stars, not on teams. So, yeah. you know, I—that's why I just have really become to to dislike it.
0: Yeah, well, you know, those two a, things are kind of tied together because since it's built on stars, you can't win with a bunch of pretty good players. You need two or three really, really good players, and you're not going to find them typically at the bottom of the first round.
1: I don't understand. I don't know what the the appeal is. That to me is what is the appeal? Now, okay, I understand the appeal of Blake Griffin. I understand yeah. that, you know, the, those kinds of shows, but you either can hit a three point shot or you can dunk. But, you know what? <laughs> There's nothing in between. I just, I'm really, now that we're talking here, totally turned off by the (laughs) end.
0: Well, uh, you know, you're kind of right. The mid-range game is is kind of becoming a lost art. Only the the truly great players have seemingly any semblance of a mid-range game anymore. Uh, And that's kind of what separates the good players from great players. But uh, I would say the regular season isn't that fun to me because we kind of know who's going to go just based on talent level. But man, were the uh, the final four of these playoffs, uh, especially with the Eastern Conference, with the series with the Pacers and the Heat, I thought that was just a great contrast of styles.
1: It, I thought it, it watching was a great the Heat contrast. with their
0: superstars. Yeah. yeah,
1: I know you went well, to the I, finals uh, as well. Yeah. What, what were the? How much the tickets cost for that game? The seventh game, you went <laughs> to the seventh game for the Pacers yeah. Heat. what what are the tickets going for?
0: Uh, you know, like I said, we didn't pay for our tickets, but I, I looked up where I we understand. were sitting on StubHub. Yeah, yeah, and they were uh, they were going for around fifteen thousand dollars where we were sitting. they were, uh, pretty
1: expensive. I mean, get out of town. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Where? Who? And, and I guess they have buyers, right? That's the frightening part.
0: Yeah. It's it's something else, um, and, and and Miami it was a celebrity event more than it was a sporting event. So it was a it was a yeah. place for the super rich to be seen.
1: God, you know, I'm sorry. I, I just, <laughs> I'm. You know what? Enough of that. That's not for me, but it does point out that uh, it's to me it's not your everyday game. It's a game for the super rich and the superstars.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. I think it is turning a lot of people off to it. Uh, Well, (laughs) that's unexpected NBA talk here uh, in the first portion of catching up with Bob Lelba. Bob, obviously the big show in town right now, the Red Sox are going on. They're in first place, That's record in baseball. A really unexpected turnaround, as we've spoken about a, a little bit. We're entering the All-Star break. I believe they play Seattle a little later today, and then they'll head to Oakland before the All-Star game. Uh, but the first half of the season has been, uh, you know, an unbelievable success for the Red Sox. What specifically about this team has impressed you the most so far? Uh,
1: the thing that's impressed me the most about the Red Sox has been Guys like Lackey and mm-hmm. Um Everything else is, and of course, buckles, can't stay healthy. Um, mm. I, um, there's a lot of things to be impressed with. Iglesias, how, I mean, come on, this is crazy. Iglesias, uh, he's a different person. He's in a different body. Yeah. He's, a, he's a different ball player. Um, that, how can you not be impressed by what he's been able to do?
0: Yeah, a lot of guys. Really, you know, it's it's been some guys getting healthy. A lot, a lot of guys kind of turning things around, and, and some savvy additions. Uh, who's the biggest guy for you right now? Who is your first half of the season MVP for the Sox? Well, I
1: guess I guess either Glacius or Lackey. I guess Lackey mm-hmm. has been the biggest surprise, but MVP. You know, I still have to go to Ellsbury. I think nothing happens unless he happens. Ellsbury, I think, has been the one reason that uh, their offense is the way it is right now. So, okay, I'm picking three, Ellsbury, Lackey, <laughs> and the Glacius. Sorry. <laughs>
0: the ultimate cop. I, I like it. Is that wrong?
1: <laughs> no,
0: no. I mean, it, I think it kind of signifies this team because it has been such a team effort in, the, in this turnaround. But you mentioned Ellsbury and his recent tear, it kind of taken that offense, which is already maybe the best in baseball, to new heights. Uh, but also they have, you know, some real good pitching when they're healthy. Uh, I mean, you never well, want how, to predict but, but what can I happen think, when you get in the how playoffs. I,
1: how, how can I leave out Ortiz? I mean, the same thing. Yeah. I would I would say this, Joe, that um, the dilemma for the Red Sox now is the trading deadline and Ellsbury. Mm-hmm. I guess they'll just, they're going to keep them and use them for the best of their ability, hoping they can – they can win it all this year and then run the risk of losing him after yeah. the season's over because I think that risk is very high. Probability yeah. of that is very high.
0: Yeah, and that that's what a lot of people were saying, thinking that he'll uh, he'll miss out of Boston, but you know, with the way so things the are rolling was, right now, is it worth it?
1: Well what do you if you're a general manager, do you deal him before the trade deadline so you can get maximum value for a team that's willing to rent him or mm. uh do you use him to help you uh win and then take your chances uh which seem to be yeah, you're gonna lose him. The question is yeah. you wanna keep him to help help you win. I okay. I've changed my mind on this, okay? <laughs> okay, go ahead, Bob. I, I my I keep 'em. Uh-huh. I think I think you gotta go for it while you have the chance and you, you can't base your decisions on what ifs. You can only base, mm-hmm. I think, realistic decisions on. Um, hey, he's one of the best players we have. Great leadoff man, stolen base, amazing. Uh, and the only bad thing about him is his arm. Uh, and yeah, uh, but so what? You can live with that. I think you keep him and run the risk of losing him. Uh, that's that. Yeah, and, you know, and and I agree. And kind of for the
0: same reason we talked about how we don't like teams tanking in the NBA, you know, you take a short-term hit, hopefully it paying off way down the road. I think, you know, you've got what may be the best team in baseball right now. I would not try to get maximum value for a couple of years down the road when you've got a real chance uh, for the, you know, to be the best team in the American League and, and make, make a run deep in the playoffs because, you know, we've seen how quickly things can fall apart with teams. And if you don't get the right pieces back – we see, you know, Boston's brought in some pretty, uh, some pretty good pieces in the past, and it hasn't quite worked out for him.
1: Uh, yeah, everything you say is true. And I think the joke, the running joke, is a savage. They don't want him to spend in, uh, one night in a hotel with the team. The minute he pictures they put him on a plane and send him back to to Rhode Island. It's amazing. <laughs> He's gone again. You know, he, he pitches yeah. two outs, and they and they bring him out to the West Coast for two outs, and they send him back to. Rhode Island. It's like he, they don't want him around that team anymore unless he's out on the field playing. It's really bizarre.
0: Yeah, and, you know, a lot of talk has been about the uh, the clubhouse karma, if you will. Uh, it's obviously a, an indescribable, uh, intangible thing, but is that really well, all Sebi's that's going is, on at the Red
1: Sox? he has got to be a joke. No, you have guys that are really uh, – Let's take Els. Let's start down the lineup. Ellsbury, playing for a contract, big incentive, staying healthy, and doing what he's doing. Lack of power, but still, he's he's got his own motivations. And I'll just say this: baseball is a very individual sport. Victorino, a huge get. Unfortunately, he's injured Mm -hmm. far too much for me. But on the other hand, he's a huge get and a a really interesting player, and a Mm -hmm. great arm and and whatever. And then you got you know, the phenom, Bradley, and then Pedroia's Pedroia then, Pedroia. And all of a sudden, there's a glacius. And these guys, between Napoli and Gomes and Carp and Nava, uh, they've been able to put together more than adequate um, subs and backup people. So it's just a matter of being able use these guys in the right situation. And then, besides that depth, their bullpen, which many people thought was their strength, has now become, yeah. you know, fragile. Uh, so they're able to bring up a guy like Workman, who I think is going to be lights out for the next couple of months. I, I think this mm-hmm. is going to be a, a huge a huge move by the Red Sox. Could I be wrong? Of course I could be wrong. But <laughs> I think this kid is is going to be the real deal.
0: Yeah, it would certainly help augment that uh, that staff there and the Red Sox. You know, you totally. never takes I mean, for granted for granted in the American I League. Don't East, uh, I, I
1: don't team. know what's going on, Lester. They're, they're going to face the Iron here. They, they're done with the All Star break. Then it's the Yankees and the Orioles and Tampa Bay, I think, in that order. I'm not sure exactly, but you know, they got a lot of games coming up against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. They, not, they play the Yankees like nine more times. Most of them are at Fenway, yeah. but.
0: Which fact, will, which will be a lot of fun. Of
1: yeah, the best schedule of anybody in the East, because most of their games against the Eastern opponents are at home.
0: Yeah. Always a plus. And, you know, you look at a team like Tampa Bay, I think they've won, what, seven in a row, nine out of the last ten. Now, they're,
1: they're hot. They've they figured people. it out. There's no question. They're right there now, all of a sudden. Toronto is, yeah. you know, Toronto could be sellers real fast.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, like, you know, like I was saying, you never take anything for granted in this division. It's uh, constantly one of the very best in baseball. And this year, you know, the, you still look at the NL Centrals being one of the best. But the American League is certainly up there. The Yankees have their problems, but they're always going to be, uh, you know, a tough team to beat and, and, and things like that. So, obviously, a long way to go for the Red Sox, but certainly a great first half of the season. Can't say anything more uh, about that, you know, you know
1: Of course, this, this list of 20, 25 players – that they want to suspend. Many of them are in the minor leagues now, but it's yeah. talking about Brian and A-Rod, um, yeah. that's going to, be, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be a mess. Uh, it's going to dominate the landscape for the rest of the season. So while many people will talk about that, the Red Sox just can kind of keep on playing under the radar.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of weird how the team with the best record in baseball can kind of be uh, way, a little and from from Boston, be a little under the radar.
1: But Some yeah, that's true. Some a number of people have asked me are there any uh, on that list? Have you seen the list? And the answer is no. Yeah. Uh, but I know who's not on it. I can't tell you who's on it except for the the names that have been printed, like uh, Carmona, not Carmona. But Bartolo Colon and Braun and A-Rod and a couple other guys, but I can tell you who's not on it. I can't tell you who's on it, but not on it, and there are not any Red Sox on it. So people can kind of calm down about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely a a good sign. You know, not Boston-related, but I do want to get your opinion a little bit on this A-Rod mess of, you know, the situation with him. First of all, in and out of the lineup, in and out of rehab games, what is he going to play, the the little feud with him and and Cashman about him tweeting something and Cashman mad at him because he didn't want him to tell that he was ready for rehab games and things like that. Uh, Has there ever been a player more high profile and and talented that's been this much of a headache to a a team that's invested this much money in? him?
1: No, I don't think so. But he is a headache, and I'll tell you this, he – a lot of it has to do with the money. He wants to get paid, and Cashman wants him to get suspended. So if he gets yeah. suspended, he's not going to not going to get paid. So it really, you know, as good as he is, as talented as he is, or how much he might have lost in that talent, uh, the Yankees would love to see him suspended for a hundred games so they don't have to pay him. Yeah, isn't Very that strange? Kind of sad. <laughs> kind of sad. It's sad, sad, but it's it's welcome to our world. Yeah. No,
0: no, fair enough. All right, well, moving on from the Yankees, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about them a lot down the stretch uh, when we get to some exciting Red Sox-Yankees games.
1: Well, they're, back in, you know, they're, coming back in, they're coming back in town at the end
0: of next week. Yeah. Yep, so I'm sure we're going to get no, right after the All-Star break. So we're going to get uh, some plenty, plenty of time to talk to Red Sox-Yankees uh, probably on next week's show. But I do want to talk real quick about the Bruins, two notes uh, about the Stanley Cup runner-ups from Boston. They just signed Tuukka to an eight-year, fifty-six million dollar extension. Bob, you know, after the playoff run he had, they didn't finish it with a cup win, but uh, that had to be a no-brainer, right? A
1: no-brainer. Uh, I don't know how much of that's guaranteed. I don't know if it's like a National Football League contract or a Major League Baseball contract. Uh, it's hard to imagine all that's going to be guaranteed. But I mean, you got to have a goaltender, and you got to have a really good one. And they have a really good one, and you're gonna to have to pay for that, and that's that's the going price for really good goaltenders. Uh, it's not that he broke the bank, but he pushed the he pushed the limits. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, he definitely did. And the, you know, the Bruins have been pretty busy uh, this off season, making a couple moves. Obviously, Gilmour coming in, uh, letting go. It's some been players, unbelievable. Like too. It, it,
1: yeah. Between the Bruins and Celtics, and the Red Sox, talk about retooling. The Red. Sox, think yep. about the Red Sox last year. Horrible. Everybody was complaining about sellouts and, and Valentine. Well, the Red Sox totally retooled and they have. It's an amazing turnaround. Same thing with the Bruins and Celtics. They didn't waste any time at all uh, with the remake. Uh, you got to give them credit. They just went out and did what they had to do in a very short period of time. The team that's reeling right now are the Celtics. I'm sorry. The Patriots, Patriots yep. are—they're they, gonna—they're having trouble finding their way right now, and uh, hopefully that's all gonna get resolved. But it's gonna be tough for a while because that Hernandez thing is gonna be front and center for, well, for a long time, long time.
0: Oh yeah, and it's also gonna probably cost them financially because they cut him, and you still gotta pay some of that cap money back. So it's—I believe I was reading—it's gonna cost them eight million against the cap, not this year but next season. So Hernandez's, uh, you know, kind of icky legacy is going to loom at least for another two years in New England. Uh, You you know, you talk about the Patriots. Uh, I was reading an article today on ESPN Boston. Mike Rodak does a great job. He does a thing called Bubble Watch for players that are on the bubble of of making the roster. And he was obviously the biggest guy that everyone's curious is going to make the roster. Is Tim Tebow. He only gave him a 25% chance of making the team. Uh, Thoughts on Tebow? I know you don't want to, get into, you know, will he make the roster, will he not be, but are you rooting for Tebow to make this team? Um,
1: if he can be, a, if he can play tight ends, I'm rooting for him. I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't care about the personality involved. Um, mm-hmm. So it never, never really caught on to the Tebow mania, but if he can help <laughs> them, yeah, then I'll root for him. If he can, if he can play tight ends and block and catch a ball here and there, he might be of some value, uh, but, You know, I don't, I think he's worth a shot, worth taking a look at, but I would never argue against Mike Reese because he's about as good a reporter as he gets.
0: Well, you know, the thing about the Patriots, we talked about, um, you know, rebuilding with the Celtics and the Bruins, and I think the Bruins were really on point. You know, they're right on the cusp of being, you know, a cup championship team, and they they went out and improved themselves about as quickly as they could. Uh, The Celtics, I think, on the other hand, we're about a year or two late on rebuilding that thing. I think they were, what, in year five or six of a, of a three-year plan. But they were still, you know, contending for the Eastern Conference Finals every year. So it's hard, you know, to hold it against keeping together a team that won a championship for the city. Uh, the Patriots, they're kind of in the same boat. You know, they're right on the cusp every year. We're in the Super Bowl two years ago, AFC Championship game last year. And they're, you know, probably, a you know, a, a fumble away from from beating the Ravens last year. So – they're right on the cusp, but they made some tough decisions. You know, they they let Welker walk and brought in a younger guy in Amendola. So, uh, you know, if you're the Patriots, what what do you think you do? You know, would you want to blow that thing up, or do you think you can keep
1: contending with the you know the squad you've got right now? Well, you got to keep contending because you can't blow it up because you don't have many years left with Brady and Belichick. So, right. yeah. you know, you played your cards. I I wonder if things had been different if they had known about Hernandez. And Gronkowski, uh, before Walker was moved, they might have kept Walker. I, yeah. I don't – that's – but that's water over the dam. The fact remains that they're going to open up the season uh, without their the two best tight ends in the league, Gronkowski and Hernandez, and they're never getting one of them back. The other ones are a little shaky uh, injury-wise. So, yeah. yeah, they've got some some tight ends on their roster, but nothing of, of the caliber that they're they're going to be missing. Yeah, certainly but two, you know of, two Amandale, of the very best. I, guess, I think Amendola is going to be fine. I think they're, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be okay. Because remember, they play the Jets and Buffalo twice, so it's it's a matter <laughs> of you know competition. they are going to win twelve games, whether they're good or not. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it does seem like uh, the Patriots.
0: You always, you know, the Bills haven't been good for a while. Jets. Yeah. You know, they've been very good at times and very, very bad at other times, and the Dolphins haven't been good in seemingly a decade. You know, they had that one good year, I believe, in 2008, where they won the division and Brady was hurt. But, man, you know, it seems like the Patriots have – are pretty much written in 10 wins every year, and it's just a matter of if they're good, they'll win 14, if they're pretty good, they'll win 12. Uh, Do you kind of feel that way with this team this year? Yeah, I
1: think a lot of it has to do with playing in the AFC East because – so these people, twice, and usually the other competition is pretty bad. Uh, so you kind of pencil yourself in for six wins there Miami, Buffalo, and the Jets. So it's everything else you got to pick one here, pick one there. So I think 10, 11, 12 wins is not out of the question at all, even without Hernandez and Gronkowski.
0: And obviously it helps to have a quarterback like Tom Brady. So no matter who your receivers are, you always feel a little bit more comfortable well, when you have one of the greatest quarterbacks thrown to him.
1: This is it. This could be it. You know, every year uh, I say it, but I have a, this, this feeling that this might, this might be it for Tom. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. there's two or three more years left. I don't know. But it would not surprise me if he came out and said, uh, I'm going to retire after this year it would not surprise me at all.
0: Yeah, well,
1: I think it would surprise a lot of people, but, you know, you're right. You
0: know, The guy's done I would, I, it all.
1: I, I, <laughs> I'd be hugely disappointed, but I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. No, I was just saying, it,
0: you know, it would be surprising, but when you look back, you know, if it were to happen, you'd look back and say, you know, the
1: guy's done it
0: all. You know, the team yeah. around him has kind of fallen apart a little bit. Could you blame him?
1: Right, and it's, it's falling apart through no fault of his own. But mm. it's I could, no, you can't blame him. I wouldn't blame him. He gets a free mm. pass around here, no matter what he decides. We know that he's <laughs> unless, unless of course he's done some heinous act that none, of, none yeah. of us know about that's going to come out in the press. But I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I, I would not expect that from Tom Brady. Uh, Bob, last Whoa. thing
1: I, I want to get you to comment on before we
0: go, we've got a couple of minutes left. Uh, the Bruins are now training all of their rookies on the do's and don'ts of Twitter. First of all, I don't know all the do's and don'ts of Twitter, so I could probably use that class. Uh, after the Tyler Sagan incident where he uh, made some homophobic remarks, things like that, the, the team had to apologize. Uh, is this just moving into the 21st century? Is this something we're going to see from every team? and? Is it like? Is it just a necessity? Just like you have to train your kids not to say something stupid on Twitter these days.
1: No, you have to train your stupid kids. You don't have to train them all. <laughs> you just got to make sure your stupid kids are up to speed. Because most people have a good sense to yeah. know what to do and what not to do. Uh, clearly, Sagan is not in that category. So, yeah. no. Yeah, it probably caught everybody by surprise that he did that. But now. It's a lesson. It's just it's a teachable moment for a lot of people. Uh, so if anybody's got any inclination to go out and do what Tyler Sagan did under the uh, uniform of the Boston Bruins, uh, they're gonna are gonna make sure that you know the consequences and that there will be consequences.
0: Yeah, well said, Bob. Well said, Bob.
1: All right, that's all the time we've got for today's show, Bob.
0: Thank you so much for joining me and everyone out there. you so much for us.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So take right. care.
0: All right, and join us next week at the same time, same place. Goodbye, everyone. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? ha! in my dentist's office.